0: Lucille from Mosfest, I'm sitting here with Mose. Can you introduce yourself, madam?
1: Sure. My um, name is Aurelia Moser. I'm a 2014 um, Night Open News Fellow. Uh, so I'll be working with Ushaidi and Internews Kenya, kind of processing their data and building interactives that um, on the Ushaidi crowd map.
0: Um, so we were talking earlier about the new way of archiving information and finding it. Um, can you just talk about geolocation and actually sorting all that jazz out, uh, all that great information.
1: Totally. Well, I think uh, previously I was a librarian before I was a developer, so I worked with a lot of archival data. I worked with processing a lot of data that people find difficult to search through and applying like, fixed taxonomies and vocabulary so that people could find the resources they needed. And I was also helping people do a lot of research, right? So both journalists and also like dissertation students or PhD students who are studying a niche area that hasn't been studied and where all the resources are kind of scattered and they need to aggregate all of that. And part of my work with Ushaidi feeds into that, because as a young librarian, you're always kind of the techie person at wherever you work, so you would forcibly become a developer because you have to understand the CMS that you use, you have to understand like how to archive resources, which more and more includes born digital material, and includes JPEGs, it includes an understanding of the difference between TIFFs and JPEGs, and how do you store those data sources in the most archival fashion, but also make them the most available and open, because libraries are all about open information. Um, so the previous session that I attended was uh, Glenn Greenwald is an archivist. Um, so it was the NYPL Labs to do a lot of like digital library resource building. They create applications that help people explore the map collection that they have, which is quite extensive, and nobody really knows about it because everyone assumes that libraries are all about books and these arcane resources that nobody uses anymore but really they're more about the ethos of promoting open information and allowing people access and that includes developers and journalists and everybody.
0: So how are you getting the word out?
1: Oh right so building these digital tools are accessible on the web right? right and Part of the sort of difficulty in being a librarian is presenting the resources in a way that is interesting and accessible to most people, but not just in an information access sense, but also in an information appreciation and processing sense. So maps are great for that because people already have an understanding of what a physical topography looks like and mapping digital resources to that fixed Mercator projection or whatever projection you're using helps people process it a little bit better because they understand like where their location is vis-a-vis a bunch of other locations and how resources map to that location can help people ingest it a lot easier. It can help them search it a lot better searching by location is much more intuitive than saying, like, go through this huge database of all of these files and try to figure out what is significant to you. Because place is incredibly significant to people. It's where they tag memories. It's where they store, you know, some of their most, uh, most applications, for example, will tag, like, your tweets by location. They'll tag your Instagram photos by location. All photos that you take have embedded metadata and IPTC standards that kind of encode geographic information in all of your physical assets. So... Everything has a location and everything can be mapped to it.
0: So at MOSFEST, you talked about geolocation. Did you talk about another way of tagging uh, information?
1: Yeah, so um, there are a couple of different ways. There are structured ways and unstructured ways. Um, in library school, you kind of learn about taxonomies and how to develop controlled vocabularies because part of the problem in organizing information is that everyone wants to invent his own standard, right? But that's not efficient for networking a lot of resources. You want all the libraries to use the same standard so that they can communicate resources and information because no one archive is like the central repository for everything. There's no library of Alexandra that collects all of the information in the world there are a bunch of little libraries, and you need to network all of their resources. So developing Common Core Metadata Schema to network all of those resources by... T-
0: what was that?
1: Oh, the Common Core Metadata Schema. The Common Core Metadata Schema. Okay. Yes. so there's Dublin Core, which was originally invented um, to kind of develop structured standards for how people can encode and catalog information. And there are other um, standards, like uh, machine-readable cataloging was a traditional library system The mark records were what librarians dealt with in their catalogs. But now they have the Common Core Metadata Schema, which has been endorsed by MIT and a lot of authorities mm-hmm. um, to establish like a very intuitive um, human-readable standard for what types of information you need to encode about a resource, and how can you make that available and accessible to more libraries so that they can network those resources and call them when they're doing research for their own constituents. So, yeah, developing common metadata schema, that's structured data, right? That's already applied to some XML implementation that helps you search it. But then there are other, like, types of metadata, right? That people, like, user-generated content. So we see that with Wikipedia. We see folksonomies. So they're kind of like taxonomies, but they're crowdsourced among a folk of people. So you can apply whatever arbitrary subjective term you have, and then you can search that term across a network. So, um, folksonomies are a little more unwieldy, but they're also sometimes more accurate. (laughs) In terms of, like, for example, a map, you have a fixed taxonomy of place names that have been defined by some authority. But sometimes the demarcations for a certain area, according to the people that actually live there, are completely different than what's been promoted by some geographical authority. So I might say I live in this neighborhood, when really, according to the projection, I live in this boundary. Um, So collecting both folksonomies and taxonomies and kind of fusing them together is really the most effective way of understanding how information meshes develop across um, physical locations and across resources.
0: Thank you for the in depth explanation. <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> Are you working personally on a project
1: with this? Yeah. Um, so, for a while, um, I was working on developing ontologies for art objects, um, sort of determining what kind of uh, taxonomic resources we could kind of pull together to make art collections across the world more efficiently searchable. Mm-hmm. A lot of collections are very siloed in terms of how they structure their metadata, so developing those universal standards is really an right interest. Enough. But it's actually really challenging, because when you think of like computer or machine processing, mm-hmm. sometimes languages is an issue, so like Unicode standards for UTF-8 uh, supports a certain number of languages, but if you have the, the place names from a particular language like Czech, which is UTF-16, right, mm-hmm. then you have to somehow map all of those resources together. So I'm really interested in developing those crosswalks and um, kind of working on a lot of global mapping projects with Ushaidi and trying to make all of those... Um, asset mapping and archiving for the average person and hyper-local news reporting really accessible.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Sure. Yeah, <laughs>
0: have a good one. Thanks.
1: <laughs>